Welcome back to Dowry, the Saudi football podcast brought to you, of course, by Arab News, uh, where this week we've got so much um, to look back on in the SPL and the AFC Champions League and two major football events kicking off in Jeddah to look forward to. As always, it's a packed schedule. Uh, I'm your host, Peter Redding, and with me, as always, is Arab News sports editor Ali Khaled. We'll also be getting our regular dispatch from the excellent reporter Khaled Al-Arafa. Now... Ali, before we look back on the week's highlights, uh, the FIFA World Cup World Cup is almost here. Can't get my words out for the excitement. Hi, Peter. Good to be back. Yes, it's finally here. The FIFA Club World Cup is here. It's, it's taking place in Saudi, as we all know. Uh, as hosts, Saudi champions Al-Ittihad will take part alongside um, the Oceania, Oceania champions, Auckland City of New Zealand, Asian champions, Arawa Red uh, Diamonds of Japan, the African champions uh, of Egypt, Leon of Mexico, Fluminense of uh, Brazil, and of course, European champions, Master City. The big kickoff is on Tuesday, December 12th, uh, you know, with Saudi uh, champions, as we said, Al Ittihad taking on Auckland City in the first round. Now, this is kind of like a preliminary round, Peter, you know, like uh, uh, the first of the matches. The rest of the matches follow three days later. But should the, the winner of that match will take on Al Ahli uh, on the 15th uh, in the second round. So, obviously, there's a lot of expectations on uh, Al Ittihad, um, you know, to win in front of their own fans. But, you know, you know, they come into the tournament with, uh, you know, with still major concerns on their form. You know, we thought they turned a bit of a corner, you know, or, like, you know, it had uh, some decent results with the new manager, Marcelo Gallardo. But then they lost to Damak, uh, you know, in the, in the last league game. And, um, and again, you know, so there's, you know, there's, there's doubts. They've been inconsistent all season, uh, Peter. You know, they, they started off the season quite well. Uh, you know, they they signed some very good players in the summer, and of course Benzema, Fabinho, Otavio, and uh, um, no, Otavio, uh, Fabinho and uh, uh, Benzema. You know, being the the two sort of main stars, I think. Just hasn't they, happened for them, though, has it? It just it just hasn't happened for them. You know, they've uh, you know they they did lead the table briefly, and we thought you know the, they could go on to retain the title. But since then, they've they've dropped off dramatically off the pace, uh, and you know they you know you could almost say they're out of the title race already. So um, so a lot of expectations on them going into this. It would be a massive disappointment should they get knocked out. But hopefully, you know you know for the sake of uh, the tournament, for the sake of you know Saudi football, and it and, could be and, though. It, it could be that a fresh tournament gives them fresh impetus. You know, uh, a change from that domestic scene. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they should be excited. You're absolutely right, Peter. You know, like it, it should give. It's a, it's a different challenge. It's something everybody would, you know, would look forward to. I mean, who wouldn't want to play in the Club World Cup? And uh, you know, so it'll take their minds off the their league form. You know, and uh, you know, the eyes, you know, of the football world will be on this tournament. So hopefully, they can do themselves justice. Uh, um, 
Um, yeah, and um, the other thing starting on Tuesday, uh, Pete, is the World Football Summit on the side of the yep. Club World Cup. It's not, it's not related. Uh, the World Football Summit Asia is taking place in Jeddah. Uh, we see some big industry names, uh, you know, uh, discussing topics such as, you know, the revolution taking place in Saudi football, the business of running a football club, the growing role of tech uh, in the game, uh, investment in the game. Links between Saudi football and La Liga. Uh, this is the, uh, the World Football Summit is organized by Spanish uh, uh, organizations. So La Liga has strong presence. Serie A, if, if Italy has a strong presence as well. There's many, many more panels and talks. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm flying out to that uh, uh, in a couple of days. So, so that should be interesting as well. And of course, given your um, standing in the game and, and uh, in, in, as a leading journalist, you're going to be involved, aren't you? I am. I'm hoping to like uh, to give one of the uh, to moderate one of the panels. So uh, you know, it's good to be involved in the, in in these uh, uh, in these events. And like like I said, a lot of interesting people, uh, uh, a lot of people that I know as well. Some some from the media will be there. So it'll be nice to catch up with friends as well. Brilliant, and also get some predictions from them as well because we love that <laughs> on this show. Um, looking forward to hearing about that. So do promise us that you can give us a full report uh, on your return. Um, looking really looking forward to hearing all about that, and it 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 does it just goes to show currently the the excitement and and, and everything that is that is geared around the game, uh, which is good, which is happening um, in our kingdom. So good stuff. Look forward to hearing all about that. Okay, only one place to start, really. The big Riyadh derby, Al Halal against Al Nasser. Uh, yes, Pete. I mean, uh, last week we were everybody was looking forward to that game. A hugely anticipated match, massive. Uh, it was first against second. We said they they went into uh, the game with Al Hilal four points ahead of Al Nasser. In the end, it was an emphatic victory for Al Hilal, at least an emphatic result. Who beat Cristiano and Co three uh, nil? It wasn't emphatic for a long time. Uh, it was. Probably a lot closer than the final result uh, showed, although obviously in the end, Elhila ran away with it. Um, yeah, very exciting match. Our man Khalid was at the match and he had this to say earlier. Hi Ali, hi Peter, how are you guys? So after the derby between Elhila and Nasser at uh, King Fahad International Stadium, the stadium was packed, uh, almost 60,000 fans. They start arriving uh, 3 p.m. The match was 9 p.m., imagine that. The match was equal, uh, was really strong, not a lot of chances until the 62nd minute when Savic scored the goal. Things got changed and Nasser opened the field. They wanted to do something until the 89th minute when uh, Mitrovic scored the second goal when they killed the match. And after that, he scored the, his second goal and the third goal for Al-Hilal to finish the match 3-0. After the match, uh, I interviewed uh, Mitrovic who scored two goals, and he said he's so happy that he scored two goals and he wished he had more time to score the hat-trick. Uh, he was happy, and he said, uh, I've played uh, so many derbies in my life. If this is not the best, of course, this would be one of the best derbies I've played so far. And uh, he liked uh, the engagement with him, him and Al-Hilali's fans, promising them to do more and more and uh, describing uh, how happy he is with Al-Hilal. And then we still have uh, a lot of rounds to see. It's not finished yet. Uh, I'll get back to you, Ali, after the next round. Thank you, Khaled. Uh, it was a tense match uh, until those final few minutes, for sure. Uh, um, you know, Al-Nasr Al really did throw everything at Al-Hilal, Peter, uh, in those, uh, I would say, like the last 20, 25 minutes. 
they were for, for long periods they were camped in the Hilal half, you know. But obviously Hilal defended really, really well. Ronaldo did score what would have been a, a you know a, a sensational goal. Uh, um, you know, it was correctly ruled out for offside, but he scored a left-footed volley, like cross came in from the from the right, and he volleyed the first time with his left foot superb shot into the top corner but he had straight offside so that was unfortunate uh he was uh you know you could see his frustrations coming uh, near the end of the match you know throwing his arms up in, in the air quite a lot and all that you know things which just not going his way you know and as you can imagine with cristiano you know like just gave it absolutely everything um but in the end it wasn't enough and uh Look, I mean, uh, the atmosphere in those last, well, throughout the match, really, but in the, in the near the end of the match was absolutely fantastic. You know, uh, the best, as we say, you know, we've, uh, we've said this season that, uh, you know, the fans, not always, but in those big matches, really have, have uh, um, you know, stepped up and shown the best of Saudi football fans uh, to the world. And, and so it was again. Uh, your old friend uh, Alexander Mitrovic, uh, Peter, again uh, scored twice. He is yep. the man of the moment in Saudi football at the uh, right now, Pete. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, it, it, I mean, uh, after the match, he he said the, the, that this was as good a derby as he has played in terms of atmosphere and quality. Uh, and uh, and you know, you can imagine that's quite something to say. Big compliment, Ali. Big yep. compliment because at the end of the day he's played in the sign and weird derby. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. In, in, in I mean, really, and that it, and that it, goes up. That goes up against Glasgow, Manchester, Liverpool, Everton. So that that that's that's a huge, huge uh, anecdote. Absolutely. I mean, Pete, we know. I mean, you know more than anyone as being a new, um, uh, huge Newcastle fan, uh, for a season ticket holder who's been to many derbies in the past. That is, you know, as passionate and as fierce a rivalry you can get. Uh, Newcastle against Sunderland, and uh, uh, and you know Mitrovic played in that, and to say that this ranks alongside is um, is 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 a big compliment, as you say. And of course, the last black and white uh, Newcastle United shirt to score in a tiny and weird derby. Um, Alexander Mitrovic played at St James's Park. Super stat for you there. Um, but of course, Ali, going back to, to to that big game, both both teams have played uh, since then as well. That's right. Yeah, we are coming. Uh, this pod is coming uh, sort of after a round of matches, and for good reason. Uh, Al Hilal keep on winning. Uh, they overcame Altai two one with Al Dausari and Mitrovic again scoring. Um, while Al Nasser returned to winning ways, uh, expectedly we expected them to beat Riyadh, and they did four one. Goals from Ronaldo, Otavio, and two from uh, the excellent Taliska. Uh, you know, I keep uh, singing his praises every week. Um, look, Al Hilal now lead Al Nasser by seven points. You know, that's a significant uh, significant gap there, Peter. But, I mean, th- these are the top two and Al Nasser will be hoping to uh, obviously close the gap in the coming weeks. But, you know, below Al Nasser, it's another six points to Al Ta'awan. And there's that gap we're, we've been talking about between the top two and the rest, uh, Pete. You know, it's um, I can see it getting bigger. And, uh, you know, it, it would be, you know, we're not taking size, obviously, between Hilal and Al-Nasr. But we look forward to, like, a, a close uh, um, title race between those two. It's looking like it's a two-horse race. It is. Um, no, we're not biased. But as we always say as partisan, you know, we're, we're, for the good of the game, 
um, it's excitement for for the neutral. Uh, Ali, you mentioned for a fire in the AFC Champions League, if you would. Uh, they qualified to the round of 16 to make it four out of four for Saudi clubs. Huge, huge deal, that, by the way. Yes, I know I know you've got friends in that fire there, Pete, so you're yep. quite pleased about that. Uh, uh, yes, so they went into, you know, they kept their hopes alive last week, went into the last uh, match day, uh, match day six, with their hopes still there, but it was a very, very difficult game. They were away to Pakhtagor of Uzbekistan, and yet they came away with a brilliant 4-1 win. Really unexpected, uh, but uh, superb win. And uh, it makes it uh, four out of four for Saudi Arabia. Uh, all four teams have qualified for the round of 16. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, I'm not sure if it's the first time it's happened, but uh, yeah, a fantastic achievement by the Saudi clubs. Time to bring our guest and Asian football expert into the mix. It's Paul Williams, of course. Hi, Paul. How are you? Good, Pete. How are you? Very well, thanks. Great to have you, as always. I've put you into the straight into the capable hands of our AK. Ali, take it away. <laughs> Paul, how are you, mate? <laughs> Doing very well, Ali. How are you, yourself? Good, good. I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on all the Champions League uh, um, developments in, in midweek. Yeah, absolutely. There was there was a lot to to take in. I mean, there's a, a huge result here in, in the east side of the draw with Urawa losing to um, Hanoi from Vietnam, which was a massive upset. Um, and uh, that knocks them out. The defending champions who defeated Al-Halal in the final last year now knocked out in, in the group stage, which is a uh, remarkable development given that they're they're probably in Saudi Arabia already now preparing for the Club World Cup as well, which I'm sure we'll get on to, to talking about in in a little bit. So that was a um, that was a huge result. Um, and, and from the west side of the draw, fantastic for Saudi Arabia to have all four clubs making it through to uh, to the knockout rounds. We expected it of Itihad, Halal, and, and Nasser, but for, for Al Fayyad to also get through with a big win on the final day that saw them get through. Four from four through now to uh, to the knockout rounds. Um, it, it really sets it up now for this to be um, a, a dominated by Saudi Arabia in the uh, the back half of the draw in the, the West Zone in particular. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Uh, speaking of the Club World Cup, you just touched on it. Um, Al Itihad, you know, obviously through to uh, the next round in the Champions League as expected. And, this, you know, somewhat of a promising start with uh, Marcelo Gallardo, but then, you know, uh, you know, they then they go ahead and they lose their next league game. It's 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 a weird start. It's a weird season for uh, Al Etihad. I mean, they we said right at the beginning, signed very intelligently, signed very good, good player, uh, hasn't gone their way, and now uh, you know they lost their last match and and getting going into the. Uh, to the Club World Cup, FIFA Club World Cup. Mm. How do you see their mood? How do you see their, you know, their chances? Like you said, they really looked like they had turned a corner under Marcelo Gallardo. The, the the start of his tenure had been had been pretty positive. The results had started to come a little bit. The performances were looking a little bit better as well. But then they had that loss to Damak, which kind of has thrown the cat amongst the pigeons. We now don't really know what to expect from from Itihad because. They look like they are on an upward trajectory. Now there's there's that result that's that's thrown into the mix, and I guess thrown some doubt over them heading into to this Club World Cup, which we probably weren't expecting because we know that so much um, investment was given to them as the Saudi team that was going to be in 
the club World Cup. Um, you know, they were the ones that were, were trying to get um, Mohamed Salah, let's not forget, with the eyes on the fact that Itihad were the club that were going to be in the club World Cup. They are the team that is effectively representing this whole big push from Saudi football on on the world stage. So there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders to perform. They've got to get through effectively what is almost a playoff against Auckland City um, first up, which you would expect them to do. Yes, they've lost against Damak, which is a disappointing result. But, um, you know, Damak are, are, are a better team than Auckland City um, as well. So you would expect them to, to get over uh, get over Auckland City. And then they've got Al-Akli um, from, from Egypt, which will be an, an incredible occasion. Um the the thing for them is their defense this season is just not anywhere near as good as as what it was last season. They were phenomenal last season with how tight they were at the back, breaking you know records for for clean sheets and and goals conceded. This season they're a little bit more porous at the back. They haven't had um, Ahmed um, Hagazi for most of the season. He's come back now, so perhaps that might provide a little bit more stability. But then they've just gone and lost uh, Luis Felipe as well. I think for six weeks I saw today um so that's a, a further blow so they, they just can't seem to get any rhythm into uh, into their performances this season so it'd be fascinating to see how they get on in this club world cup yeah i mean paul last year i mean the last year's competition we saw uh al-hilal obviously do very well and in the end i mean in, in hindsight it's easy to look back they al-hilal had been on such an amazing run for a few for a couple of years but it, it did affect, uh, the, the Club World Cup did affect them, I, I suppose, in a way. Uh, they fell behind in the league and never really caught up. Uh, so mm. there is, I mean, you know, you know, there's a bit of a price to pay for doing well in this Club World Cup uh, halfway through the season. Uh, but, I mean, with Al Ittihad, you know, they're not really doing that well in the league anyway. And, you know, this, as you say, you know, if, if their defence has, has looked uh, shaky, uh, you know, a few bad results here and, you know, they've already fallen behind you know, significantly in the league anyway, could be quite yeah. a disappointing uh, period for them if they don't really like turn it around quickly. It, it, even at this early stage of the season, this is almost all they've got to play for this season, which is crazy to, to think about because, as you said, they've already fallen so far behind as it is just looking at the table. They're already 16 points behind Al-Halal. They're not turning that around this season. It's impossible to see them turning that uh, around this season. Of course, I think Al-Halal did the same to them a, a couple of years ago. So you know, nothing is impossible. But given the form that uh, that Al-Halal are in, they're not overturning a 16-point deficit halfway through the season. So this is what they've got to play for this season. It's a good performance in, in the Club World Cup. If it perhaps affects um, their, their league form a little bit, perhaps that's a price they need to pay at this point in time to, to get some good results um, under their belt. And perhaps that then gives them the confidence to go into the second half of the season and bounce back and make sure they do finish in um, in the top four and get that Champions League qualification for next season. Because as it is, they're sitting fifth on the table. Um, they've been jumped by Al Tawun again. So, um, you know, they're three points behind them. They've got to make sure they get into that, that top three, that top four positions so they qualify for the Champions League next year because that's the minimum expectation. So it was only seven or eight rounds ago. They were top of the table. Now they're down in fifth. So they've they've dropped off rather suddenly. So perhaps some good performances here in the Club World Cup um, under Gallardo gives him extra time with the squad, um, hopefully a few games in a row to, to cement his ideas within the squad and then they can attack the second half of the season. 
Yeah, uh, you, uh, you already mentioned that uh, uh, should they win uh, against Auckland City, they will play Al Ahli of Egypt. But let's get on to the uh, the other Asian representative, the Asian champions. Uh, Arawa, you already mentioned them. Um, how do you see their uh, their chances? It's interesting because they're coming into this in in not particularly great form either. A little bit like uh, a little bit like Etihad. They've only won three of their last ten, and I mentioned the result they had midweek in Hanoi when they lost that game. They needed to win against a, a team, uh, a weaker team, if you can put it like that, who had already been eliminated from the competition. Yes, it was in Vietnam, but as the defending champions, you would expect Arawa to be able to go to Vietnam and, and get the result. They needed a win to keep their hopes alive of getting out of the group stage. And, and they came undone. Their, their form, particularly over the last probably month to six weeks of the, the J-League season, was incredibly poor. I think they only won about one of their last five or six games and they fell out of calculations and, again, missed the Champions League spot on the final day um, of the season. So they won't be in the Champions League next season as well. So they, they finished the season incredibly um, disappointing. Their coach, Masia Skortza, um, has already announced that he's leaving the club. So they have appointed a new coach. Skortza is still going to oversee this, this Club World Cup campaign, but they have already appointed a new coach for next season. Their biggest struggle um, is at the opposite end of the air to, uh, to Itihad. Itihad have no trouble scoring. They just probably concede too many goals. Arawa have the opposite problem. Um, they've got the best defence in the J-League. They just can't score goals. Um, Jose Kante is their best, their highest goal scorer. He only scored eight goals for the season, um, which, which probably tells you all you need to know about their attack. If he's not scoring goals um, and Alexander Schultz is not scoring penalties... They don't create a lot from from elsewhere. So you've got two sides from from the Asian continent coming into uh, to this competition. Neither of them in particularly good form, which is disappointing for uh, for Asian football that you potentially got two teams that are coming in in um, in disappointing shape. But we've seen it before: teams come in in maybe not the best port, best form and, and turn it around. Perhaps Arara have had their eye on this competition for a little bit and taken their eye off the ball domestically as well. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens when they uh, when the play gets underway. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, of course, we will be, you know, we, all, we will always champion, uh, you know, Saudi clubs, but Asian clubs as well, Arab clubs. Uh, and let's not forget, you know, we, you know, we, We'd love to see the, you know, uh, clubs from your side, from Oceania, do well as well. You know, I mean, uh, be great. You know, if you know, should Auckland City like progress, you know, we, we'd want them to do well as well. But really, it's hard to look beyond, as usual, it's hard to look beyond, you know, South American and um, um, uh, you know, uh, European champions. And funnily mm. enough, you know, like you know, it, it, you'd expect this year Manchester City to walk away with it. You know, they they come in with a with a bit of you know, you know inconsistent form, shall we say, as well. They do, but you know they they get a free pass, so to speak, in this competition. Given that both they and, and Fluminense from South America only enter at the the semi final stage of this competition, so they only have to win two matches to to win this competition. This, is, of course, is the last Club World Cup in in this format before the um, expanded Club World Cup comes into being in uh, in twenty twenty five. I'm a big fan of the expanded format of the competition. I'm excited for for what that means. For, um, for for club football around the world that is so dominated by by European football. I think this then gives an opportunity for more clubs from around the world to participate on the bigger stage because I think at the moment, the Club World Cup, the way it's structured is a little bit of an afterthought. You know, the, the teams from um, Europe don't particularly um, probably give it the, the respect that it deserves. It's certainly huge in 
in South America and, and other parts of the world, but perhaps not in Europe. I think the expanded Club World Cup um, is is going to be huge, and we're going to see Saudi involvement in that. We know Al Halal is has already qualified. Perhaps if another Saudi club, you know, wins the Asian Champions League this season, they'll also qualify for um, for, for that new expanded Club World Cup as well. So that's something to keep an eye on as, as the competitions develop over the years. To, we're going to see more Saudi clubs on the international stage and hopefully Etihad can can put in a, a good performance this time around as well. Paul, um, you know, we're, uh, we follow you as well and we follow your podcast, The Asian Game, uh, which everyone should follow as well. Uh, all the listeners, you should follow uh, Paul's excellent podcast, The Asian Game. Um, I know I was, uh, you know, just uh, looking at your some of your posts yesterday. Big news from Qatar. Uh, quick, mm. uh, quick, um, quick few words on that. Yeah, huge bombshell during the week when it, it emerged that Carlos Quiroz and, and Qatar had had parted ways just a month before the Asian Cup gets underway, which is is huge news for. For Asian football, he was trumpeted as a um, as a headline signing for Qatar off the back of a, a disappointing World Cup, and he hasn't even lasted twelve months. Um, from what I understand from speaking to a few people, it seems like this was largely his decision. Um, he doesn't seem like he was particularly happy with the environment in Qatar. He was uh, not particularly happy with the development pathways. Didn't see the talent coming through that he thought he needed to regenerate this side. And I guess rather than continue on and, and risk damaging his reputation, which is incredibly important to him. He's decided to pull the, the pin at this point in time, just a month before Qatar go on and, and try and defend their uh, their Asian Cup title. So it was it was huge news and, and bombshell news. Marquez Lopez is an interim manager from Al Wakra, the, the QSL club, um, who's going to take charge for their, uh, for their Asian Cup campaign. But um, they're in a little bit of uh, a disarray just a month out from trying to uh, defend their title. Interesting stuff. And Paul, I'm sure we're going to be speaking to you very soon regarding that uh, AFC Asian Cup. Uh, so thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Brilliant stuff there. Ali, you know, Paul Williams, absolutely great. Um, what a top, top football expert. He really is very fortunate to have him on this show. Uh, final word, though, will go to you as always. What are you looking forward to this week? Well, Pete, obviously, I mean, uh, there's no getting away with it. It's the Club World Cup. We are looking forward to that uh, uh, on Tuesday night, um, Oakland City against Al Ittihad. You know, obviously all Saudi fans. Well, I mean, all Ittihad fans, shall we say? But like, uh, you know, fans of South football, shall we say, would be hoping Ittihad uh, make through. And, and honestly, it would be a great, uh, you know, be great uh, to have Al Ittihad play against Al Ahli of Egypt and an all Arab clash uh, at the FIFA Club World Cup. That would be fantastic. We'd all look forward to that. And then, of course, the rest of the tournament. Um, as we already mentioned, you know, you know, Manchester City is strong favourites. But look, Al Hilal have done themselves proud in the in in this tournament in the past, and let's hope Al Ittihad do the same. On the league front, you know, obviously Ittihad are not playing. Al Nasser are not playing next week as well. So, so Al Hilal, who take on Wehda at home, we expect them to win that. Should uh, you know, like, can extend their um, uh, their their lead at the top. So, uh, yeah, it could be, I mean, you know, we know Al-Hilal, you know, they're a winning machine. They, they, they see themselves as the biggest club in, in Saudi, the biggest club in Asia. They'll probably be keeping an eye on the Club World Cup with a little bit of envy, thinking, you know, that's usually us, you know. Uh, yeah. But uh, but look, they're having a fantastic season at home. And, and you know, again, the, the chance to extend their lead um, in the league, they'll, they'll take that. They'll take that. 
Brilliant stuff, as always. Sports editor of Arab News, Ali Khaled. Uh, we're all off to bask in the glory of four out of four Saudi clubs in the AFC Champions League. Uh, good luck this weekend if your team is playing, whoever they up against. And we'll see you next week again on another episode of Dowdy. Dowdy.